0: Good morning and welcome to Casual Friday here in Hangouts and Headlines, folks. Or as I believe Secret McSquirrel was calling it online, Freaky Friday. My wife and I talked about this before the show. We actually exchanged fortune cookies. You're talking to Mrs. Hoaglaw right now. It's just that we're so in tune. It sounds exactly like I ordinarily do. It's pretty crazy. Freaky Friday, not that exciting in the Hoag House. We're just that locked in. Uh, but I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's having a fantastic time is ready to celebrate the week's end uh, and to hang out with us, to have fun, to chat with us about random things, right? Like we don't do that every day. We definitely didn't have a 20-minute sojourn into discussing the state of Epcot at Walt Disney World yesterday. That didn't happen, folks. You imagined it. I imagined it. Uh, And now we're on Casual Friday, where things apparently get weirder uh, than that. So we pulled up an article. We're going to talk a little bit about something that I thought was pretty funny. This was actually recommended by... Uh, one of the viewers here, which is that Oprah, and more specifically, Oprah's company, is suing over the use of her name for what is apparently a popular podcast. Well, we'll talk about that. We've got some articles. We've got some trademark act stuff. Before we get to that, though, how's everybody doing? Where are you calling in from? How's everybody feeling? What stories do you got for me? What have you been doing? What have you been up to? I had a wonderful conversation with Papa and Mama Hogue, as you guys like to call them, yesterday, where they have been getting really into the Sandman on my recommendation. Uh, And this is really kind of important because they don't usually take my recommendations, especially for like weird stuff, right? So we had a conversation. They'd actually gone through the first eight episodes uh, in the couple of days that I had recommended it to them. It was absolutely wild to me. Not what I necessarily would have picked for them to be passionate about, but they're really loving it. So, you know, really interesting stuff. Uh, good morning from Dallas, Texas. Fantastic. Uh, Shireen is saying she's uh, welcoming us from the Kuiper Belt near Karen. All right. Well, we have a lot of space travelers uh, in the chat here at, at, at Hangouts and Headlines. Uh, Secret McSquirrel often coming from different planets. Now we have various asteroid belt uh, members. Good stuff. Good stuff. My wife's saying, hello, Japan. Somebody must have said hello from Japan. No Sandman spoilers, please. I don't spoil things here. I don't that's that's wrong. That's rude. I, I won't. They like it. That's all I'm going to tell you. Um, and so you've now got me recommending it. You've got my parents recommending it. Uh, it, But I wouldn't recommend it to my wife. Wouldn't tell you that she'd like it. So reasonable minds can differ. Different strokes for different folks on this stuff. But I don't give spoilers. Even when I do a postmortem, if you accidentally click on that, I've always hated this. Uh, from videos. Is I don't do spoilers for like the first 15 minutes. I just do an overview of whatever it is I'm reviewing or talking about. You can check that out uh, in the Stranger Things Postmortem, which is our most recent on the channel, uh, because I don't want to be spoiled about things I don't want to know about either. Uh, so don't you worry about that. That is just that is a party foul. I think my, my usual rule is if it's like five or 10 years old, I can talk about it. Uh, otherwise, I'm not going to do that. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. From a sunny Sweden, with a sun emoji, fantastic, South Carolina. Good morning from Aggie Lad. I think it's Aggie Land, and I suspect that's Texas. There are a fair amount of agriculture-based universities in the United States, uh, some of which refer to themselves as variations of Aggie, uh, but traditionally it's Texas A&M. Uh, so I suspect that's Texas. Good morning from Massachusetts. Well, good morning, Massachusetts. Hope you're doing well. Prototopics, David, our GM, Lawyers and Dragons on Saturday, 10 a.m., folks, uh, says space, maybe a Portal 2 reference? I don't know. I have to see. I have to ask him. Um, They do not take your recommendations because they know you. So that is enough for me to never take your recommendations, Hogue. They don't take my recommendations because for the most part, and this is TMI, my parents most thoroughly enjoy British crime drama, And I don't tend to watch those. So they have watched seemingly every British police officer, solicitor, anything in between solve every murder in the history of England. Um, So that's generally what they uh, are watching. And that isn't usually what I'm watching. So I don't have a lot to recommend, but no, they take my advice. They do. They watch what I recommend to them. They just don't generally get passionately excited about it. And they volunteered yesterday to talk about the Sandman with me. I'm like, This is awesome. It's fantastic. So just know you might have that effect with that show as well. Uh, What else we got here? The Oort Cloud says, hi. People are all over the solar system today. Good morning from Little Rock, also from Arkansas. Solar system, Arkansas. Good morning from a hot and humid Florida. Happy Friday. Coffee emoji. Got some tea right here. Absolutely. Uh, Good morning from Arrakis. Okay, folks. All right. We're getting far afield now. That's not even in our galaxy, I don't think. Uh, hello from Cambridgeshire, UK, planet Earth. I appreciate the specificity there at the end. <laughs> Good morning from Ohio. Are you playing C-O-T-C? What is COTC? Mm, I keep my head is only saying like Clash of the Clans, but that's not right. Uh it sounds like whatever it is, I'm not playing it. I'm presently playing Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, if my daughter ever returns the switch, um, and I was playing a game last night that I really enjoyed. Uh, maybe I could pull it up for you. It's it's casual Friday. Why not? Let's see if we can find some uh references to what I was playing because it's it's a wild little game. Um, and uh, maybe we could pull up the Steam page, it might work. Uh, trying not to, to kill all of our, our feeds here, um, but also to, uh, to show off what it was that I was playing. So, let's see here. They don't have any of the good pictures that I wanted to show that effectively I was playing a laundromat simulator called uh, Arcade Paradise, uh, which is a game that came out yesterday. Uh, and as you can see from the description here on Steam, manage profits, sounds like me, pick up gum. They're really selling the game right now. Do the laundry and get coin to unlock arcade units and flip the family laundromat business to become an arcade paradise. So literally this game is starting you out with like no money and like a little plot where you run a laundromat and you have to move people's laundry around uh, and you have these notions of turning it into an arcade. But the really cool part is Uh, It's got this wonderful ambiance and all of these units are video games made in the style of the eighties and nineties and they're actually fun. Uh, So it's, it's not too terribly expensive. I think it's like 20 bucks Um, and I was actually playing it on my PlayStation. Uh, But uh, yeah, it's this was just a kind of weird game where you do laundry uh, and try to set up an arcade for yourself. So if that sounds good to you, uh, that's the kind of thing that I'm playing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I have to check out what COTC is and, and give it a thought. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, I really want to like Sandman, but there's a bit too much other things that I'm not super comfortable with. Story is great. Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, it... Um, I, again, no spoilers for Sandman. It uses certain aspects of the human experience... Uh, and, uh, others experiences to kind of talk about psychology and things in a way that I can certainly understand might be uncomfortable for some, uh, I would definitely recommend, you know, checking it out and seeing if it's to your taste, uh, as you go along. That said, I think it's one of the best shows of the year. Um, so I, I, I do understand what you're talking about. Definitely. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Hogla, as long as there are no spoilers in the thumbnail, I'm usually fine. I really hate spoilers and thumbnails. Me too. You know, whenever anything comes out and people try to put up a thumbnail and you just want to hang out on YouTube and, you know, watch Law & Lumber build a Lazy Susan or whatever the heck he's building that day, and on your suggestion screen is like a, like a picture of the main character of a series with like their head severed or something like that, which is probably a violation of the YouTube Terms of Service anyway, but also clearly gives it away that this person is dead, unless you're watching like a fantasy show and then maybe they'll come back. Uh, it's annoying, Right. And I avoid all the places that I can't control that particular input for long swaths of time until I can get to see something. So I hear you, Britt. To the best of my capability, I'm not going to spoil things here uh, for anything that especially I like, Uh, but I won't threaten to spoil things for things I don't like either. Texas A&M, whoop. It's probably probably a stronger whoop, but casual Friday morning whoop. Whoop. There you go. Uh, Good afternoon from the UAE. Good afternoon, UAE. If we're space traveling, I'll say good afternoon from Gallifrey. Is Gallifrey currently destroyed, not destroyed? I can never keep track of that planet. It's a little bit timey-wimey. Good afternoon or evening from the East Coast of Australia. Secret chat going fast. Sorry, I missed it. Uh, Prototopics does confirm it was, in fact, a Portal 2 reference. So, David, a man after my own heart elongating the word space like that. I'm right there with you. This is why Lawyers and Dragons works, folks, and why it's going to work tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. I don't know whether he's going to slip in Portal 2 references over there, uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun with it, even if he doesn't. Uh, What else we have here? Uh, I'm watching from Hoag's favorite place, Ohio. Winky face emoji. Look, just because you don't have my favorite university on Earth doesn't mean I don't like Ohio. We love hanging out at the Toledo Zoo. We love your roads. Look, we're off in the hinterlands in Michigan. Michigan has never figured out how to even make roads. They don't know what roads are. Where we're going, Michigan doesn't need roads. That's our overall governing philosophy. Uh, and so whenever you cross the border from Michigan into Ohio, it's like being on a 19, uh, 1980s stagecoast. 1880s is really what I was aimed at. The 1980s aren't that long ago, folks. Um, an eighteen eighty stagecoach, and then you get into the autobahn or like some rolling – no, lovely, smooth glass desert uh, as you cross over the Ohio border. It's my favorite. It's my favorite moment when doing uh, road trips uh, out here in the Midwest uh, because, man, Michigan, you're killing me. Uh, we do have some super chats. Uh, we do have uncivil law. Kurt, good morning. Welcome to Casual Friday. Oh, Kurt's dead. No, <laughs> <laughs>
1: no I was just trying to pantomime.
0: Yep, Sky is a Neighborhood says recommend Ashes to Ashes if Hogue seriously has not seen. Ser- ser- SRS. Seriously? Hmm. I don't know Ashes to Ashes. I will look into it, Sky is a Neighborhood. Thank you for the recommendation. Brett says, just looked it up. Arrakis is only 309 light years away from Sol, so 100% in the galaxy. All right, I'm sorry. See, my dune lore has been questioned. It has been found wanting um that uh for whatever reason i thought arrakis was in a different galaxy apparently apparently earth is a part of the dune solar system galaxy galaxy solar system it's casual friday you know what orders of magnitude a different distance doesn't matter it's casual no worries how you doing kurt you got a favorite science fiction planet
1: hmm. mm-hmm. uh...
0: see this is the exact kind of question you were expecting this morning i can tell what do you like you're a nabu guy
1: Oh no, God! You, no. you hate
0: sand; it gets everywhere. I know.
1: Sand is a bit irritating.
0: Yes, gets everywhere.
1: No, no, no. no
0: favorite science fiction planet from from Kurt? I don't
1: we've know, got. Man. got I'm, 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 I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Earth, man.
0: All right, you're a fan of Earth. We've got Arrakis. We've got Gallifrey. Uh, we've got various places in the the solar system. uh the Oort, the Oort cloud. uh All sorts of stuff. Mrs. Hoaglaw is shouting Ganymede. (laughs) Ganymede is her favorite. Uh, That's actually an expanse reference for the most part. Ganymede is where they have their, uh, uh, I think like botany uh, labs and and growth. And and there is nothing my wife loves more than a garden. And you combine that with some of her favorite science fiction and gardens and sci-fi, you get Ganymede. Ganymede in our world is a lifeless rock. Uh, but we're not going to tell Mrs. Hoblaw that. We're just going to roll uh, with it. But yeah, no, we were just talking about uh, random planets. I hear Alderaan is great this time of year. Mm. Alderaan died a long time ago, Prototopics, a long time ago.
1: In a galaxy far, far away. hmm
0: That one is a different galaxy. It says it on the title card. I recognize that one. Sol 3 is the best planet. <laughs> I, want, I want it to be the case that you refer to Earth as Sol 3. There you go. <laughs> Uh smiley face emoji. Ganymede is not a planet. It is a moon. Very true. You know what? We're being very loose with all of our definitional terms this morning. Casual Friday. Get up.
1: Ganymede identifies as a planet. Respect its choices.
0: Yes. Get crazy. Uh, Ganymede is uh, a major location uh, in the expanse. Uh, Mom and Papa Hogue have good taste. I watch reruns of Poirot all the time. Uh, yeah, what, God, I can't even tell you. They just, they will come to dinner and they will say something along the lines of, oh, yes, we were watching, uh, Murders of the Viceroy, uh, and they only had four episodes in the 1970s, uh, but we thought it was very good and we wondered why it was canceled. I mean, like those, okay, cool. Like they, they have a subscription to BBC, uh, I think Prime and BBC America, maybe. Um, and they just, they just watch everything. They just watch everything. Uh, so yes, they, they, they love that stuff. Um, yes, all the plants, my wife confirms. I was just telling folks, Kurt, I was playing a game yesterday, uh, that you might get a kick out of where you build an arcade out of a laundromat. So, you know, keep this one in mind. You get to do laundry, you get to pick up trash, uh, and eventually turn that laundromat into an arcade. Hmm. Ah, man. You're not ready for Casual Friday mm-hmm. here,
1: Kurt. I'm waking uh, up as we speak.
0: I like to have fun in all the wrong places. Casual Friday. SHGP Media, thank you for that. Looking I love for it.
1: love in all the wrong places. See? Looking
0: for love. Uh, let's see what else we got here. This, this all started because people kept telling me they were calling in from various places in our solar system, and then it, it evolved into fictional planets. Champions of the Continent. Yes, I am playing Octopath Mobile. I have a lot of trouble figuring out the flow of the gotcha games, right? So Octopath is one of my favorite RPGs. Um, On the Switch, Octopath Traveler is uh, a normal RPG insofar as you just buy it on the Switch and you play it. Uh, And then they made a mobile version, a different story, a different set of stories uh, that just released. I have gotten into it. About five minutes. I did spend all of my promotional, you know, gotcha bucks trying to
1: get Uh, from those. How about Bejor? I'll I'll put in Bejor from DS Nine. Bejor. All right. Uh,
0: I don't think I. I don't think I have a great working understanding of the the Bejor. It's right uh, next to
1: the wormhole to the Gamma Quadrant, apparently, according to Cisco. At least it has lush green valleys. Okay. Seem to spring up after night. Well, now Deep Space Nine is next to the wormhole. Is Bejor right there? Yes. Am
0: I am I am I blanking out? <laughs> no, you got, you, you,
1: you got it. They're they're okay. they're in they're relative proximity.
0: Okay, uh, yeah. And it's, I know it's a Kardashian space station as we nerd out this morning. Mm. Um, that's how you get the fun lines
1: instead of the typical Federation smoothness. <sighs> Thank you, the Heather's, for that kind. Cowboy Orange Hearts. Look at all this. I that is a lot of love. I feel the love right here. That is Thank a lot you very, of love. Very, very much. Thank you. Aww. Mrs. Hoglaw is now realizing
0: we have a lot more fictional planets than she thought. Mrs. Hoglaw, we could just rattle off Star Wars planets for a solid 10 minutes here if we wanted to. That we don't even advance. I mean, Star Trek doesn't use its planets quite like Star Wars, but they like name one in every header for every episode. So it'll just be, you know, whatever. Uh, Prometheus four is having problems with its internal regulators and we're here to check it out. And then it turns out to be a morality play. You know, that's that's Star Trek for you. Uh, Let's see. Wow. Now. Wow. Nice DS nine reference Uncivil law. Fantastic stuff. TNG all the way. Absolutely. Next generation. Fantastic. A lot of people saying hi. Uh, Wedding season as well. Just watch with my wife, a rom-com on Netflix. All right. Fantastic. I don't, I don't think I trust Netflix rom-coms in general as as content, but maybe they have some good ones in there. Britt says, I'm surprised no one picked Lantia. It comes with a giant city slash spaceship. I don't recognize that reference, Britt. You got Mm. me. What are we talking about? What's a Lantia? I I don't have it. Has no one said Hoth? No one wants to live on Hoth. (laughs) Maybe for the skiing. The Immaculate Virgin Peaks. Uh, and the skiing possibilities. You put up a nice chalet up there. Uh you have a great time in Hoth. Uh maybe, maybe that could work. But as of right now, it's it's snow and it gets everywhere. It's as irritating as sand, realistically. Uh Star Trek. Is there a Star Trek emoji? Is that a is that a live long and prosper? How about Abydos? Abydos. Where what, what are we what are we referring to here, Kurt? We're Stargate, we're- baby. Stargate. Oh. <laughs> All right. Lantia equals Stargate Atlantis I have to admit I've never seen Stargate Atlantis Um, So I apologize for that I mean there's a lot of sci-fi out there Uh, There's a lot of stuff that we could watch Hello from Caprica I have very bad news for you About Caprica (laughs) If you're you're enjoying Caprica right now Just enjoy it I have no idea what timeline you're in uh, But steel yourselves It could get bad at any moment uh, let's see. Endor is greater than Hoth. I too like the Redwood forests. So, so what California. is your favorite
1: planet really becomes a, fa- a, a feature of what is your favorite, uh, sci-fi property? Hey,
0: Galactica is great, but I wouldn't want to live there. All right. All I'm saying that, that, uh, that civilization has some issues long-term. Mm. Um, it is, uh, Kryn for me. I just love that people are referencing things that I don't recognize. Um, Uh, But yeah, they're they're challenging your nerd cred. Well, I mean, nobody can know everything. You know, this is actually an important, it's casual Friday, but we're going to loop it back around because that's what we do here. Understanding that you don't know everything is like one of the keys, both to practicing law and to life in general. No, I want to know all the laws, Richard. I want to know all of them. You're going to explode like the guy in the Monty Python sketch. If you try to put all the laws in there um so no we can never know everything and that's embracing our human experience mm. fridays uh i love you all this is fantastic vulcan sure absolutely vulcan fine in one universe not fine if jj's involved so you can go either way on there uh are we
1: doing mirror universe stuff now we're talking about mirror universe vulcan now?
0: no the jj universe destroys vulcan
1: this is I mean, fair that, yeah no crazy. i refuse to accept that as canon I refuse to accept that because it basically erases all of Star Trek, all of it as canon. That's the pro- that is the biggest problem with the Star Trek reboot movies, is because it basically erases all the other Star Trek as canon. If you accept that as canon, it erases everything else as canon. And I'm like, you I'm you not having, you I'm not having a massive canon? canon reset. I'm sorry, I'm not accepting this. I'm also not accepting uh, Star Trek Nemesis as canon. That's not canon because like I say Tom it's Hardy's not, first movie. It's not canon. It's not. I refuse to accept that. No, not happening. Really?
0: You have very strong thoughts. I, what's wrong with simultaneous canon? I've, have we not been dealing with uh, multiverses now throughout our, our media consumption for at least the last four years?
1: No, unacceptable. Okay. All right.
0: I thought it was Freaky Friday. Maybe that's why I'm forgetting the planet. And also Star Trek I'm 4
1: really... is the worst Star Trek. Which one? Star Trek 4 is the worst Star Trek. Uh, there, be, there be whales. Star Trek 4, there be whales. I like to call it. Otherwise known as The Voyage Home, but I call it Star Trek 4, There Be Whales. Worst Star Trek movie ever.
0: I I don't, I seem to be having some, you're breaking up, Kurt. I can't, Mm. I can't hear you. Oh, we lost you. Oh, I don't know what happened there. Kurt, Kurt said he didn't like Star Trek 4, The Voyage Home, where they look for the nuclear vessels. Come on. This is how I learned everything I knew about San Francisco in the 1980s. This is, this is how I came to love the great state of California, where my wife is from and have enjoyed thoroughly because we needed humpback whales.
1: So bad. So very bad.
0: I actually love the premise of Star Trek IV. Uh, completely unknowable alien shows up and starts devastating the world, and you have no idea what it's totally... Uh, In order to Ashton. get Whale
1: Song, which somehow is going to be transmitted into space... That's that's how far it goes, they just they just do it that way.
0: Star Trek Four is really dumb. Uh, Coruscant? I don't. I'm not that much of a city boy, right? So like Coruscant, every time I see it, looks a little bit claustrophobic. But I could live like above the clouds, uh, like some of those uh, some of
1: those buildings do. Best star, Best Star Trek was Star Trek Six. It was a great ending to Star Trek Six is excellent. It is a it's a great ending. I I you know it's a it's a I understand Khan is up there, but I think Six takes the prize as best Star Trek. It's a nice wrap up to the entire series for the original generation. It's a very well constructed movie, fun, exciting, adventure, escape, all the things you want in a movie. It's fun. Star Trek Six is great, and then Star Trek Genesis, uh, Star Trek Generations comes on and just craps all over Star Trek Six. Generations
0: isn't good. Uh, I think Six and First Contact are probably the two that i go back to the most. Um, but, uh, yeah, Undiscovered Country. It's a great title for Star Trek. Uh, it's a great reference. Uh, and it's, uh, it has some light kind of political reflections of the day, certainly with, like, the Cold War uh, and things like that. So I really like Star Trek six as well. Of course, Star Trek four is excellent, folks. Don't listen to Kurt. It's excellent. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Star Trek Six is also uh, very good. I do
1: love First Contact. Well, First Contact say, might have my, my favorite score. As they say, there's no accounting for taste, so you know that's fine.
0: That's right. Reasonable
1: minds can differ. But that's not as what well. I said.
0: Brit says Warhammer Canon is the best canon. Games Workshop just says basically it's all canon, but it's not all true. So there are plenty of legends as well as folk tales in the universe. Yeah, well, Games Workshop has one of the more interesting kind of licensing regimes. Uh, yeah, you want to make something? Sure. Uh, just send us our checks. Uh, and uh, I think it's very, very interesting because you do get some real gems out of it along with all the trash. So you can kind of see how that model works. Uh, but, yeah, I couldn't pretend to know the planets in freaking Warhammer. Uh, so absolutely. Uh, First Contact, definitely my fave. Love First Contact. Six is fantastic. I hate how uh, Star Trek Eight and later movies try to make Picard an action hero instead of a philosopher. Yes, this is true. First contact is right up to that line for me, though. Uh, this far no further is fantastic, and it's fun to see Patrick Stewart do that. Um, but yes, as you get more into, it has to be a Hollywood movie. We have to fire phasers of things. You do start to get into a Picard that has to be more of a Kirk figure, uh, and I agree that that's a loss. Uh, but first contact is kind of the last point where I recognize first is everybody. Is fun. And so I, I I do thoroughly enjoy uh, First Contact. I also really like um, Zephyr McCochran in that movie. Uh, what else do we have here? Maybe we could talk about Oprah. We've got a lot of different planets. I'm not sure okay. about that fictional universe. Uh, <laughs> you don't you don't you don't want to live on the planet from Pitch Black. <laughs> I'm laughing here. Please don't die. Do you, I mean, you just want to hang out with Vin Diesel, maybe, but he—he's not hanging out there very long, like only the one night. Otherwise, it's horrifying. No, good reference though. I do recognize Pitch Black. Um, Borg seven of nine—the best storylines of Star Trek.
1: Well, Ooh, so what I would say uh, is the
0: Borg I like is a little bit more mysterious than when they try to explain a bunch of Borg stuff. Uh, yeah. But I, I do like—I do like some of that stuff from Voyager. Uh, Jack, I, I, I will agree with first.
1: you that the the unknown threat is more interesting than the known threat. Um, it's one of the reasons that made uh, when you when you def- when you define the enemy, it makes things problematic. I'm trying to think. It was called Bird Box, the one where they wear the blindfolds. Because they can't see the... Uh, oh, that Netflix show, yeah. The Netflix show where they wear the blindfolds because they can't see the monsters because if they see the monsters, basically they go insane or they die or whatever the thing is. And then yeah. eventually they, 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 they decide to show the monsters and they're like, they're not that scary. The unknown right. threat is more interesting than the known threat. Right, so. well, and
0: with that kind of concept, you want it to be effectively like an old one or Cthulhu or something like that and be like, you don't even ever get to see it. You wouldn't comprehend it. It looks like a kaleidoscope, uh, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah uh data's good but q was hilarious and so naughty Q was naughty john delancey they did dirty in picard i hate picard as a series so so much let's if (laughs) how much do we want to talk about how much we hate picard we don't want to talk about possible level we don't want to talk about picard because we don't want that negativity on our friday morning right so we don't need to talk about Picard. what
1: a wasted opportunity that is that's what i want to say about that what a wasted opportunity Well, they're bringing back all the Star Trek The Next Generation cast. I can only think it's going to be awful.
0: Um, That said, for the one Star Trek series in modern Star Trek that I actually like, I do recommend checking out Strange New Worlds. It's pretty good. Strange New Worlds is pretty good. All right. Who wants to talk about Trademark and Oprah?
1: Trademark.
0: Trademark's and Oprah. Let's talk about
1: the Act. And this quarter, it's the Act. Yes, it is the. I love that that throws
0: people sometimes, right? Because I I often refer to it as the Trademark Act for for shortening, <laughs> and, and they're like, well, it's the it's the Lanham Act. I have people correcting me, it's like, yeah, but like, what is that? How, how useful is that realistically? So, we've got a Hollywood Reporter article here. This was useful. recommended to me by a viewer, which I love, and apparently they have a subheading uh, called uh, THR Esquire. <laughs> Where i guess they talk about legal stuff i haven't mm. seen this before uh but the headline title here is the oprah effect harpo which is oprah's trademark holding company it is it's the media company she uses sues a podcast called oprah demix now i bet if you've never heard of this before as i hadn't heard about it before you can understand what oprah demix is likely about or at least tonally trying to do just from the title, which is a good title in general. And they're suing Oprah Demix for using her famous name without a license. Hmm. Harpo Inc., which owns Oprah's trademarks, is suing Kelly Carter Jackson and Leah Wright Rigure over their podcast. Um, And we're going to get into this a little bit, but here's where tricky things happen. So we're looking at the headline and what do we see? And I highlighted it. So I've given away the game already. We see the word Oprah, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is a news article about Oprah. More specifically, it's about a podcast that's about Oprah. Mm -hmm. And it's about a trademark holding company that holds trademarks of Oprah's. Mm -hmm. And so we know, and we know this intuitively, that you can, in fact, talk about someone, uh, a famous someone, report news on them, potentially analyze that news, uh, and use that person's name. because. It would be cripplingly difficult to yeah. talk about Oprah without saying the word Oprah.
1: Um, there's a specific there's a specific term for it. It's called nominative fair use because oh. the the fair use is in the nature of the name, the naming of the thing. So the nominative fair use of a trademark is the proper legal parlance of our day.
0: Yeah, oh, well, fantastic. We're bringing some of the haughtiness of law haughtiness. into your casual Friday. That's and right. for whatever reason, haughtiness from Americans is a little bit posh British sounding. Mm-hmm. And I apologize. Because we uh, don't
1: know how else to do haughtiness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Historically, it's just how it's in our blood. Uh, so, um, uh, so yeah, I just want to point that out because ultimately this is an, this is an argument that this is a violation of their trademark. But there is at least some use that we know just from reading this article and just in our normal daily lives that you have to be able to say Oprah. Mm-hmm. So we're really talking about naming the the, the product itself, whether Oprah Demix is separate enough, yeah. whether it implies a licensee connection with Oprah, and that's where the fight comes in. And I'm not sure they have a winning argument here, other than I, I am sure that they have a lot of money, and generally speaking, that'll solve a, a few problems for you on this front. Money so, does
1: solve many problems. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey is so famous
0: that she's on a first-name basis with people across the globe. And many people recognize her brand by just the first letter. Harpo, Inc., which owns her trademarks, carefully vets any licensing opportunity. Now it's taking a podcast duo to court over what it says is an unauthorized attempt to capitalize on the Oprah effect. Harpo, Inc. is suing Kelly Carter Jackson and Leah Wright-Rigure over their Oprah Demix podcast. So just starting out here, we're, we're kind of seeing exactly how this is written. This is, this is exactly what Harpo needs to show, right, so that it's... Diluting their trademark, which Mm -hmm. they use to license. They make money from that trademark and they're trying to establish this all from their court case, which we'll look at a little bit. Dilution, likelihood
1: of confusion. These are your kind of things you're looking for. Yeah.
0: Well, and you can tell that this is clearly coming from as a reporter, right? Again, we do headlines here in Hangouts and headlines. I know occasionally when we're not talking about science fiction planets, You can tell based on the order of this and that it goes and leaps immediately into what Harpo's primary argument will be, that this is coming primarily from them. More specifically, it's almost certainly coming from their complaint, which is going to be framed exactly as strongly as they can make it. And then you have this issue when you report on just complaints, which is, you know, maybe this person has experience with these topics, maybe they don't. But you're really only getting the the one side of the argument until you get the commentary from uh, in this case, I believe it's not these two individuals, but their media platform. We all have media platforms, right, Kurt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the media platform comes to their defense. Roulette Productions. They launched Oprah in March. And as we all do here when we talk about various things on social media, ended their first season with a live show at the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, did you get your invite to the Tribeca Film Festival, Kurt? I did not. We're not going get a live show then? I'm yeah. just,
1: I'm just f- trying to figure out which color is is fun for for Friday. I'm going to go with mojito. Okay. Ooh. Yeah.
0: yeah, so um one thing that you can tell right off the top of this article then is because We're not all finishing our first seasons of our 13-episode podcast at the Tribeca Film Festival, That this is a well-connected podcast. This is actually funded. This is not just, oh, I don't know, me with a microphone balanced on two law books here talking with you all uh, every morning. Uh, And so this is a big deal. Do you need me to
1: get you a stand? No. I can get you a a stand.
0: No, no. This is the way I like to live. This keeps me grounded. Uh, it's key art, which is embedded below, includes a dictionary style definition of the term defined as the study of the queen of talk, as well as a large O, which honestly is probably where they run into the most trouble, and the outstretched arms of a woman. The defendants also operate OprahDemics.com and multiple social media sites. Now, this sentence is pretty important for why this is a fight at all, because in a lot of instances, you get the letter from Oprah and you say, yeah, I don't, we can change our name, <laughs> right? We, whatever, We even if we think you're wrong, we're not that invested in it. We figured out. We changed the name. Once you've gone down and tried to really brand this thing and try to establish the goodwill associated with this particular uh, phraseology, you get a little bit more defensive. And here's what they go out with. This is this is actually in the lawsuit. So this is Oprah Demicks. Uh, They got it like it is a, a defined term, the study of the Queen of Talk. And there's a couple of things you can tell just from this. One, I would say the Queen of Talk is a reference, but not the name Oprah, this is not Oprah's likeness, um, and it's not specifically the O from Oprah. I would say that's kind of what is that? I, I'm not a font guy. Times New Roman, oh, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but in looking at this, I would suggest that this is lawyered, right? This is actually designed to try to avoid this situation that is in this article specifically uh, to to invent a word. To not reference her name and to have her
1: face covered by a microphone, right? Like there's I no like
0: likeness it. at all.
1: Yeah. No, I like I, I like I like their legal position. Yeah. It's not it's, okay. it's not the stylized O. It's not, and it's like you can't own the entire letter O. That's just too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So the question is, does it match the Oprah Book Club? Does it match O the Magazine? Um, is it close enough to those specific kinds of things? Because the ultimate fight here is, and you know, you can tell me, chat. Uh, But if you just stumbled across this, do you think this is something that Oprah has licensed? Do you think this is something that is official? It looks fancy. It looks like there's money behind it, right? This looks better than my thumbnails, um, those kinds of things. But would you say that this is officially Oprah? Um, And I don't know that I would. They are going to argue that, though, that it is confusing to everybody. Winfrey's company alleges that the Oprah Demix moniker misleads co- consumers into thinking she is involved, dilutes the power of her brand, and will cause irreparable harm to Harpo's goodwill and reputation. So, so basically, they said what you're supposed to say uh, if you're going to bring a trademark dilution, claim. Uh Her fame is so extensive that she is instantly recognized by her first name, Oprah, alone, mm. writes attorney Tamara Carmichael of Dorsey & Whitney in the complaint, which was filed Tuesday in New York federal court. The suit for trademark infringement, dilution, unfair competition, and cyber squatting for the use of the domain name, includes a history of her brand beginning with the premiere of the Oprah Winfrey Show in 1986. It also includes a list of nearly two dozen registered trademarks, two of which are just the letter O, in stylized font. Or in stylized font. font. Whitney's, uh, Winfrey's attorneys make clear they don't want to shut down the podcast, and this isn't about money. Mm. <laughs> Everything's about money if you go far enough, but... They are trying to be specific about the fact they just want the name changed. Harpo does not seek monetary damages or profits available under applicable law from defendants wrongful acts of building a media and entertainment brand by capitalizing on the goodwill of Oprah and the old family of trademarks. We, we seek not to murder this defendant, nor does Harpo seek to prohibit defendants from airing a podcast series on their chosen topic. Turns out it's pretty useful to have major media folks talking about our client. However, Harpo submits that the court should enjoin defendants from wrongfully creating a new brand, incorporating Harpo's trademarks and making trademark use, which is dilutive of and constitutes misuse of Harpo's Oprah and O family of trademarks and explicitly misleads consumers as to the source.
1: Explicitly? I, I don't, I mean, explicitly to me looks like, Explicitly you know, would be like a, a Oprah Winfrey production or yes, endorsed official- by Oprah.
0: Exactly, the official Oprah podcast yeah, or something. Uh, yeah, that'd be
1: explicit. This is I, this is this is not explicit.
0: No, it's not explicit. I reasonable minds can differ on this score, but it's it's yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's explicit. I don't think it's expressed. But fair enough, they want to look still like the good guys. We're not trying to kill our fans, especially our well-resourced fans that re, that have live shows at the Tribeca Film Festival. We just think this cuts too close to to using our name. But the problem is is that the main overlap is Oprah which is what the show's about. Um, Now, do I think this is basically all solved if they say, you know, the unofficial study of the Queen of Talk? Probably.
1: (laughs) If the show is actually, see, this is the thing. If the show is actually about Oprah herself, Uh then it becomes nominative fair use. So the the question is, is. well, I mean, yeah, that's, but I'm just just asking, like, for the sake of asking rhetorically. I'm rhetorically asking. If the show was about Oprah, then this then it becomes much fair use If the study's about talk shows in general it's less fair use right because if we're just talking about talk shows or we're talking about things that are in the genre and we're using her name as evocative of the entire genre that becomes a problem because we're using her name to gain clout if we're actually talking about oprah herself and the entire podcast is about her and then we're using it so then it becomes much more nominative fair use
0: Right, because you're trying to describe what it is you're talking about, and you're allowed exactly. to talk about it, and here we are, right? And it's the problem, it's it's the functional problem of trying to take this strong position in, in your name, uh, if you're newsworthy. Uh, right now, I have no idea what these people talked about for 13 separate episodes with respect to Oprah Winfrey, but at least, as argued, no one is arguing that they aren't doing what they're saying they're doing, which is just discussing Oprah, and Oprah's effect on things, and... Oprah yeah. uh, in, in every other capacity. Uh, so uh, we do have a statement from Roulette, which effectively funds this thing. Oprah Demix is a journalistic exploration by history professors and sincere longtime fans of Oprah Winfrey. As independent producers, we feel it's important to have fun, approachable, and educational conversations about the cultural impact of Ms. Winfrey. Now, that's actually... Broader, right? If you broaden that out, and so you're not actually talking about Oprah at some point, you could get into trouble again, as Kurt said. This comes from a place of both deep admiration and critical thinking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kelly and Leah are remarkable hosts. Roulette Productions produces Oprah Demics and has engaged with the team at Harpo for some time. While genuinely, while genuinely surprised by this, we hope to resolve it. So there you go. That's the statement of of, of everything here. We're basically at what do you think? Does this look like it's official to Oprah? Because ultimately it's facts and circumstances. We talk about it a lot here, facts and circumstances all the way down. Um, And so do you think that this is something that looks like Oprah licensed it? Uh, Now, it's important to understand what a trademark is, right? Because we heard it talked about in the article, but that trademark is really only about what you're selling. It's, It's identifying your goods and services. It helps you guard against counterfeit and fraud. That's a trademark. And that's what they're arguing here is that they're infringing on their specific trademarks source this, of the
1: goods, the, the, the picture, the, 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 where the goods are coming from. Right. Yeah, the, the, the fundamental, the fundamental point of trademark is as a consumer protection measure, the point is to alert the consumer as to where the thing is coming from so that they can be an educated consumer. Yeah. And so as long as one of the, so one of the factors you're looking for is, is the consumer confused? Yeah, and absolutely. and it, do they think that this is an authorized podcast? It would probably be helpful if they said an uh, an unauthorized podcast is part of like the descriptor. If they just oh, I think it would that, undoubtedly be helpful. That would be helpful, but you know,
0: yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if, in their description, in, somewhere in the podcast, it says it gives the note. I mean, these guys seem like they're. Oh, I'm reader. sure someone even said says so
1: in the chat that's in the descriptor. It would just been nice if it was in the graphic, like as the next element down, like it's the study of the queen of talk, and then like was, even in a smaller font, it could say like an unauthorized podcast or something like that. That would yeah, be helpful. And, and you see those, right? People ask me this question before, which is like, how can I go into the Barnes
0: and Noble and see? you know, the, the unofficial uh, plot summaries of Harry Potter or whatever. It's like, well, <laughs> because you're allowed to talk about facts and you can't copyright these things. You can have all these fun, fun, fun conversations about that. But yeah, usually That's right. you can't,
1: you can't copyright facts, even made up ones,
0: even made up ones. You can't, uh, yeah, right. This is, I have a whole series of how Sony went crazy for the last of us part two leaks and like mm. violating the DMCA all over the place. Uh, and, uh, but when you talk about those things, you can cross lines. Uh, and so here, I think, if, if you're looking at this particular lawsuit, and I skipped some of the stuff, hey, she's, she did the Oprah Winfrey show, she's very popular, uh, you get to this paragraph, and I, and I suspect strongly that this is their boilerplate paragraph for what you were describing as that kind of rip-off clout-chasing concept, uh, right? Which is like, all right, I'm making a new soft drink, and for whatever reason, I call it Oprah Pop, right? And it's like, well... Okay, you're you're just trying to you're just trying to use Oprah's name, uh, and so they have this paragraph in here that I suspect is in a bunch of their lawsuits like this that says simply being associated with the Oprah brand has, in many cases, led to an exponential increase in a product or services sales. This has been colloquially referred to as the Oprah effect or the O factor, as was examined in the 2009 documentary on CNBC titled The Oprah Effect, so topical and timely.
1: Since it it is laid back Friday, I'll try to make this joke. Is this what they mean by O-Face? No, No, too much? Oh,
0: no. No, no, I'm just going to – hey, you know what? It is casual Friday. It's A-OK. The O-Factor, the Oprah Effect, again, it's only 13 years ago that this was on a documentary, but that's fine. Um, I do think that you could 100% make the argument that somebody's out there and just trying to chase clout, and you could have that paragraph and it could make total sense but not probably about this thing that is talking about Oprah. Now, the only other thing that we have in here, now they're using registered trademarks, but I did want to bring it up, is we do have a section of the Trademark Act that is a little bit weird.
1: Land Act, baby, bring it out.
0: (laughs) So we have what we call Section 2A, which is pretty darn close to a right of publicity in the United States, but it gets wild. So it says no trademark by which the goods of the applicant may be distinguished from the goods of others shall be refused registration unless it disparages or falsely suggests a connection with persons living or dead. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is, as you could tell, not strictly the trademark section about infringement. It is about where you can't register uh, the trademark. And there's all sorts of reasons why you'd want to register the trademark, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah.
1: They Good. might not be able to get the trademark registered, but you don't have to register a trademark. And there is also common law trademark. You right. don't necessarily even have to. You don't necessarily have to trademark, formally register the trademark for trademark protection. Uh, right. There's a gr- there's a great case on this uh, on on this point, uh, which I I don't remember the formal legal name of it, but I always refer to it as Burger King versus Burger King, because there is there are two there are two different companies called Burger King. Uh, There, there's the one that you know of with, uh, with the, the have it your way and the King and all the rest of it. And there's also a very small company called Burger King, which was operating it completely independently and never bothered to register its trademark. It was just operating, doing business as Burger King. And, uh, and there was a whole court case over it. And the long and short of it was, is that they basically both companies get trademarked. The the small company gets basically Burger King for like basically a hundred miles within its original yeah, store, geography and the other Burger King gets trademarked basically everywhere else. So there is there is at least there's a Burger King operating as Burger King completely independent from Burger King. And I forget exactly where it's it's like Wisconsin or Minnesota or Michigan something like that. Well, um, we have
0: Dairy Kings here. Dairy um, King, had, there we similar lawsuit. <clears throat> so we have we have Dairy Kings here. Uh, and they were given, I don't know if they gave, were given all of Michigan or just where I drive around, um, but there there was a similar kind of concept, which is you have the common law trademark right where you were doing commerce first. Mm-hmm. And then the federal law comes in and says you have all of the United States, but except, not anywhere where you had a except, predated commercial use.
1: Exactly. So
0: the Dairy King says, yep, we're still Dairy King. Um, and the Dairy Queen can sit right next to it <laughs> if, if it wants to. Uh, so we have those kinds of fights all the time and that stuff is interesting, but it's always about, you know, are you identifying the source properly? Um, uh, and I, I have my doubts here now. I do think you can rattle the saber. You're well healed. You're Oprah's company and maybe they change, but it does seem like this particular media brand is invested in this name. I, if, if it were to go all the way to the end of a case, uh, I would say that they've got a decent argument for being allowed to use it this way. Maybe I do too. Change the O, maybe change the O, um, and no, it's a, uh, it's a, it's, a, it's evocative. I I I I I favor them to win. Yeah,
1: I well, favor I favor, I
0: favor them to settle and, and change their name, uh, or otherwise to reference themselves as unofficial. <laughs> but, but that's just because that's the real politique uh, of of the of the situation. Uh, you got you got a very well resourced company saying don't do this. And you say how far are we going to take it? Um, so if I can keep oprademics, if I can otherwise say unofficial, you stop your, with your, your cyber
1: squatting argument against me, I would really like that. No, I, I mean, if, if right. you, if you're, if you want to push this, if you're the podcast yeah. and you want to push this and you want to like save your costs, like basically the way to do this is just basically concede everything, concede all the facts because then it's just a motion for summary judgment. And it's like, because you can make this go faster and you can make this cheaper. It's like, yeah, we'll just concede everything. Yeah, Oprah's great. She's wonderful. We concede that she's a fantastic person. We concede her history. We concede her fame. We concede this. We concede the name is evocative. You basically can concede everything and just go on the pure legal issue. We're still entitled anyway. That's a motion for summary judgment or even a motion for declaratory relief if you like that. Although you've already been sued, so summary judgment's your way to go. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, you can you can do this fairly cheap one of the reasons that lawsuits get expensive is because um you know you're fighting everything right because mm-hmm. you want to fight all the facts you want to you want to fight all discovery you want to you want to you know you want to fight everything if you're not fighting you can make things cheaper and here if you're the podcast you don't have to fight everything because your argument basically is pure legal yeah it's like everything they say is true we still win anyway so it's like yeah you can do that fairly cheap just hand it back to the court and say they don't have yeah. a claim. It's like, yeah, they're right. We win. Screw you.
0: Yeah. So, uh, hey, you heard it here first, folks, from Kurt. Uh, he's if not getting legal if, advice. If they're, looking, if they're
1: looking for a trademark lawyer, I'm available. <laughs> if if Oprah Demix is interested in uh, a trademark lawyer, I am available. I will represent you for cheap. I did think it was interesting. They clearly have this backing
0: production company, and the, they got individually sued um, mm-hmm. as, the, as the podcast hosts. It's like okay, so there's a little bit of fear, of God, in that one <laughs> that you put into
1: that particular lawsuit. Um, so it's uh, also it, it, there it, will it, just be a paragraph in the there also just be a paragraph in my uh, in my motion, which basically says Oprah is a big meanie. Moving on to the next paragraph. <laughs> well, I did see again to Casual
0: Fridays, right? I did have notions like, oh yeah, okay, change your name to Oprah sucks. Uh, this is the name we have after she sued us. The podcast. I mean, like, I, you know, you could. You could do that. Uh, I mean, there is certainly a a Streisand effect to this, right? How many people actually knew Demix, and how many more people will know that after a lawsuit goes out?
1: Mm -hmm. uh, Now that we're talking about it.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. Now, again, I can't imagine what they're talking about. I can't imagine listening to the podcast. But for anybody that would be interested in this kind of topic, hey, I didn't know that was a podcast. I should Mm -hmm. check that out. Uh, They're big time. They were at Tribeca. You know, so we'll see. Uh, but yeah, no. Well, thank you for that, Kurt. I always appreciate the extra context from the people that actually do these things uh, with the intellectual property, rather than just me, the uh, the transactional guy that says, "Oh no, you don't." Litigators, man, you don't. They're expensive. Uh, we want to try to avoid those fights if we
1: can. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also sure. going to find a fee shifting provision while I'm at it, so I can get them to pay my costs. That'd be good. <laughs> oh, you're angry about this now? Okay. Mm.
0: Uh, I did get a, I did get somebody telling me that the Dairy King's only here, only in my town. I have specialized knowledge of the Dairy King because it is right next door to me. Uh, so there you go. Uh, it does look like a page in the O Magazine. This is fair enough. Is that an art style, that kind of graphics that they use in that magazine? Could be part of the, the story there. Attorney and lawyer are interchangeable the same as the words, US. yes. But you don't want to interchange us as people.
1: Hmm. Yes, they mean the same thing in the United States. The In the UK, solicitor and barrister are different roles. In the United States, these are all mean the same thing. There's no distinction.
0: Is attorney a litigator? Not necessarily. Yeah, no. Haven't been to court since I was yeah. sworn in. Um, so, yeah. no, I do transactions. I do contracts. I When things go terribly wrong, I hand them off to others um, so that they can use the magic words and use the proper motions and things like that. Uh, to have those fights. Uh, But my sincere hope, my goal when I write these contracts is to avoid litigation. Yes. To have such a strong or at least clear understanding of what the rights and obligations of the parties are, that it doesn't make sense to pay lawyers, right? Like even if you find yourself on the losing end because of negotiations or something uh, down the line, nobody is unclear as to what the other party owes uh, one another. Now that can only go so far, as we have seen this week with Elon Musk versus Twitter, where both sides can just make up stuff about what the contract says or doesn't say. Check that series out. We read through 400-plus pages, I think, this week. Yeah. Uh, of various if, I, I tried
1: to cover it, and I gave up. Good for you.
0: Uh, yes. No, I really like those videos. I think that they're they're interesting and insightful. But at the end of the day, sitting here right now with you, Kurt, I would argue that they are both uh, bad actors, or at least playing Outside the I, I,
1: I I favor Twitter on this. I really do. I favor Twitter on this. My ultimate argument on the whole thing, basically boiling down, is uh, basically that that Elon Musk knew about the bot problem, and he basically assumed it, he assumed all risk, and he assumed he assumed the the fact of any knowledge he he didn't have. He knew that he didn't know. If you know that you don't know, and you assume that, then you can't basically benefit from that. He made so many tweets in advance of the purchase basically talking about Twitter and how they have a bot problem. And I'm going to buy Twitter to solve the bot problem and so forth and so on. Basically, I'm like, okay, you knew about the bot problem. If you're saying you didn't know, you were aware you didn't know. And you didn't do your due diligence to find out in advance. You can't now back out of this. So that's basically my ultimate argument. I I think that uh, his arguments on the warranties... And the uh, the representations from Twitter don't really get you very far because of his own subjective knowledge state. Ultimately, is kind of defeating. So that's sort of I I favor Twitter on the uh, on the ultimate. We'll see.
0: Well, on those grounds, there isn't an anti sandbagging provision in the merger agreement. Um, so that's going to play into the Delaware Court of Chancery's analysis of that particular question. But I I think the real argument comes down to not what I think about the MDAU. Uh, in that rep, but whether or not the information flow was was proper from Twitter. And there's a (laughs) there's some stuff from Twitter, even in their answers that are like, you really weren't giving him the information he asked for. So it comes down to whether or not he has the right to seek that information. Uh, And that's ultimately going to be a question for the court. the,
1: the, the, the The problem is for me, is like even if they weren't giving him the information, yeah. That was he in any sense int enti- was he really in any sense entitled to that information? Because again, it all goes to this assumption of risk. Like we'll make it simple. Like if you if you buy if you go out and buy something and you know it's broken, or you are at least aware that it's mechanically unsound, and you don't do any due diligence. Like it'd be going like to a used car lot, right? You go to a used car lot. The difference is. The difference basically in the scenarios is you're just a, you're an ignorant consumer, you go to a car lot, they represent the car is, you know, in great mechanical shape and you're like, okay, because you don't know any better, right? That's scenario number one. Scenario number two is that you're a person who is like, okay, I know these cars are mechanically unsound. You know, I know that this, there's a problem from this dealership in particular. I know there's a problem in this dealership where they have a very problematic reputation on the the quality of their cars. They're known for not having great cars. They're known for having massive mechanical problems in this particular used dealership. And I go into that with that knowledge and they say, our cars are great. Like that's a completely different state because now you you know, you can't really rely on that because you know they're lying, right? You know that what they're saying is crap. You know from your from your knowledge that this is a problem. You don't do any investigation and this you're like, okay, work, I buy no it anyway. Record. Can you like reps- really rely on the representation?
0: Yes, you can. That's not, rep, reps and warranties in this context of mergers and acquisitions are risk allocation devices. Mm-hmm. They aren't offered for the truth of the matter asserted and they aren't offered on the premise uh, that it it all relates to your knowledge, even as you sign the damn paper. <clears throat> so they're just designed to say, hey, if this thing happens, if your SEC filings are completely wrong, uh, and I was using 99% uh, as the argument uh, yesterday just for the reductio, right? Mm-hmm. To say, okay, 5%, Twitter's main argument, which I, I love, uh, it's I, it, it won't hold water, but I love is, well, we don't guarantee the 5%. We say it's an estimate. I said, yes, okay, that's fair. Um, and that's fair if it's 4.8, or that's fair if it's 5.3, or it's fair if it's 6.2. If it's 99%, you're going to have problems with, with, with both the SEC and uh, in this particular deal because you have agreed to it. You have promised it. Unlike the used car dealer, you are making representations about the thing and say, well, Elon Musk is a moron if he believes this rep. Fine. But he negotiated for it. There isn't an anti-sandbagging clause, which it says um, it, we can. Uh, you can't use knowledge that you had against us for a breach of reps, um, basically. And And you fight over those things when you're negotiating the deal. And so in general, the Delaware court or the Michigan court or anywhere else will say this is what was negotiated by two sophisticated parties. If Mm. it's a breach and you don't have to close if it's not true at the time of closing, that's what was negotiated as the condition precedent to closing. So we're actually fighting about that. Even if everybody says you're a moron, you tweeted out about bots the whole time. So I I hear what you're saying. And I don't think Elon Musk is a terribly good actor. I said they're both like really messing with this process here um but uh, twitter said some stuff in its own answer document that actually surprised me uh mm-hmm. that was you know um not saying it in so many words but we didn't give him the information he wanted um he wasn't able to analyze what he what he needed we think it wasn't necessary to give him that information but a reasonable person could say look it's a condition that this rep is true so i can check it i negotiated for a covenant that said i get information necessary to to, to get to closing if we can't close, if this rep isn't true, I have the right to check it. And you are on the record stating that every time I ask for data, you're not giving me the data necessary to check it. Um, Now, do I think it could be pretextual? Do I think Elon Musk be trying to get out of the deal? Yes. And do I think that the court could look at that and say, you're a bad actor. It is pretextual and we're not going to listen to you on any of this stuff. Yes. But we are talking about forcing someone to spend $40 billion. Um, And so even though the courts in Delaware are Um, less reluctant to to order specific performance than other courts. Um, I think this is a mess. (laughs) This is a mess. Having read the answer documents, having read the countersuits, they're both represented by good counsel. Like the documents are not bad. Um, So you've got full on legitimate legal counsel fighting about things and making claims about things that are in the contract that aren't uh, reading in between the lines on what was negotiated, trying to bring in emails about the fact that it was supposed to be seller-friendly. I'm like, that's not going to work in Delaware. It doesn't matter what you said in an email. Uh, so, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff here. And yes, I have spent like 10 hours of Well, my life I mean, you are the subject
1: things. matter expert, so I'm, <laughs> I'm more than willing to defer to you. No,
0: no, I, your intuitive answer is make, makes all the sense in the world, Kurt, that, that Elon Musk is out there Screwing up all sorts of aspects of this by the tweets that he puts out, although there are fantastic.
1: <laughs> Elon Musk, yeah, my my my. It's like it's a little bit hard to say I was duped because I didn't realize the bot problem was so severe. When you have tweets basically saying the bot problem is really severe, I am buying it because it's really severe. I am buying. I I was duped into buying the house in order to fix it up and flip it when I knew the house was broken and I was buying it up to, for that purpose. It's like, uh, what now?
0: <laughs> right, right, right. But again, if you think about this, uh, we know 99% would be a problem. There's some place between 5% and 99% that's a problem. And Elon Musk is legitimate and you wouldn't want to be the court that offers, uh, you have to buy this for 40 plus billion dollars. It's like, say the false and spam accounts were 50%, right? Like it legitimately looks like Twitter is committing fraud at that point in time. If we just imagine that that were the facts, um and so it's just not as easy as either side is pretending it is um and that is that that's wild and i my default is like if it gets that weird if it gets that non clear my instinct is that they won't force a specific performance because that's just such a nuclear bomb of an of an option and a requirement
1: um and so richard i could i i could well be wrong i could well be wrong you are the transactional attorney you're the kind of guy who negotiates for these kinds of things and these kinds of representations in these kinds of contracts? You're this is this is your domain. So right, I'm well, more I, than I willing just, to defer. I, I,
0: these are the kinds of agreements I do, and certainly yeah.
1: not a, not with that number.
0: It doesn't say 44 billion next to the number in that, but that's really the only change. That's what's, it, what's but, but the
1: But the principles don't differ because no, they the don't number. change at all. Yeah, it the principles don't. Number. It doesn't. Differ, it, there's nothing legally distinct no. about it being forty-four thousand versus forty-four billion, mm-hmm. right? So, no, that, like, it's like okay. Sometimes
0: it's like well, and I, I would tell you if it were forty-four thousand, we said, well, we're gonna, let's pair this back to a ten-page agreement. We don't need to do the, the ninety, uh, but um, yeah, conceptually. It's the same. And and actually, there's a range there where I think that you get the most complicated and expensive deals, which is like 10 to 25 million, where everybody's fighting over everything. And it's not making a lot of sense for what the actual value of the deal is Uh, at 44 billion. I mean, it's like it looks the same as everything that I've done, but they're negotiating the stuff that they're answering is so wrong. We we negotiated out. Uh, that firing people above the vice president level is an ordinary course, and so we are allowed to do whatever we want in hiring and firing. It's like, wow, it's not quite definitely quite right. not how that provision works, Twitter.
1: No,
0: <laughs> and it's like so, every, and and Elon Musk has plenty of those too. I'm not trying to. Uh, Twitter's the one I read most recently. That's what I read yesterday. Uh, but Elon Musk has a bunch of those answers. We're like, that's wrong. That's not how it works. You know, he claims that they're doing their SEC filings wrong because he would have split the MDAU number into four separate quadrants and establish these various things. I'm like, that's great, Elon. That doesn't make this wrong, (laughs) right? They don't have to have tried to figure out how to report this had Elon Musk been on their board 10 years ago. Like, Mm -hmm. as long as it's transparent and not inaccurate, it doesn't have to be what you wanted it to be.
1: Um, So it's- I I do like those SEC filings because I I read them, but basically like the way I read them from Twitter's representations is like, we are making this shit up. It, we are completely making this up. We are not, they even explicitly are like, this is not necessarily how anyone else would do it. This is not industry standard. We are just making up a number. I'm like, involves okay. A of
0: judgment, it could be higher. And they're using that. They're leaning on it. But I'm, I'm just saying at a quantitative level, there's a there's a notion there that it gets too far afield, right? You cannot put 5% in your document
1: and then say, hey, it turned out. No, I agree 90. with you. I agree <laughs> with you. If, If it, if it is wildly off, there is a problem, and then it becomes so. Yeah, question number one is: Is the number wildly off five percent? And it would it would have to be a it would have to be a, a fair amount in my view because the language is so qualified. But I've said this on my own channel in yes. my own analysis, right? If it's ten percent, it's probably fine. If it's fifteen eh, percent, it's probably fine. If it's fifty percent, we've got a problem, right? There's right. There's, there's, there's there's somewhere some number s- where we know some we number, have a problem. There's some number where it's a problem. So I agree with you. Then the, the sort of the counter of all that is like, okay, Elon is buying it because there's a bot problem. He knows there's a bot problem. He thinks there's a bot problem. Is, is he really re- is he really in any sense relying on the SEC thing? Is he in fact in, relying on that? Because yeah. does he the really Twitter fit 5%? Twitter does, says he's lying. The problem is, is that you have built into
0: a merger agreement the concept that you are relying on the negotiated reps and warranties that you mm. you know spent time negotiating. Uh, so I, I, I do think that's going to not work out for them. Twitter, Twitter has a bunch of really interesting answers because you know, these in answer documents, ordinarily, when you start talking about Elon Musk's mental state, for instance, you'd say, we don't have information on that, right? You would, you would answer the hell, whatever. We have no idea (laughs) when he says, I was shocked. like no, they just said he was not shocked. He was not shook your honor. Uh, and he's lying to you. He didn't rely on this at all. It's like, uh, that's not going to play in a business court because it is assumed that you are relying on the reps that you negotiated. Uh, that's what their purpose is. Uh, so, you know, that, that we'll, we'll see, we'll see, but both sides are bad. And I would have them go sit in the corner if I were the judge and say, can, can you guys go figure this out again? Um, and come back to me. Uh, and that might be what happens. Honestly, hmm. So we'll see. In any event, that was fun. <laughs> so check out those videos on, on this
1: uh, on this channel. And, Chris and for the love videos, of God, everyone, please defer to Richard over me. I'm more than willing to concede he's the subject matter expert more than me. So it's if a he's judge saying in Delaware, things folks. and contradicting me, believe him, for the love of God. It's a judge in Delaware
0: with the most high-profile case they've had in some time. Who knows what they would actually do? In I, don't, I still am betting against a trial scenario. Uh, we'll be covering it if there's a trial. Uh, but I'm still betting against them actually getting to trial because it is such a random kind of uh, thing. Uh, Britt says, I would not see this as an encroachment on her brand after seeing all these Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, and Game of Thrones podcasts, blogs, and unlicensed talk shows. If you're not into geekdom, maybe it looks more fishy. Right. We reference things all the time. I do a post on Stranger Things. Nobody thinks that I am supported by Netflix, the Duffer Brothers, or Stranger Things. But I also didn't call it, you know... Stranger Things Aholics and like make it title thing that potentially looks like it is endorsed uh, by those brands. So I tend to agree with you. I, I if I had to put money on this, I would say the podcast has the better argument here. Um, but I generally wouldn't want to fight Oprah's IP company. Kurt's got more of that appetite than I do.
1: I'll say I could come up with another question. Cool
0: I'll make him cry. <clears throat> Uh, Mickey Merch, sorry, off-topic. There is no off-topic on Casual Fridays. What do you want to talk about, Mickey? What's the difference between the terms attorney and lawyer, please? Oh, we were answering those in the chat was helping. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Waving from Sweden. Hey, Sweden. Yeah, there is no difference in the United States. Uh, It is just your level of haughtiness or how you want to describe yourself. Um, I tend to go with lawyer. That sounds a little bit more grounded. I'm a a person who laws. Um, I am an attorney and counselor. Yes. Well you have different levels of this right and and i think somebody was reporting to me that they were they were they had opposing counsel that had god that had a signature block that was something like name Mm -hmm. jd esquire Mm. attorney and counselor at law it's like okay uh some people are just really excited about their educational status for the most part as you could probably tell if you hang out with me in virtual legality for a while I don't view lawyer as a heightened status uh, for the most part. Uh, so yes, I happen to be able to practice law. I'm licensed to, to do so, yeah. uh, but for the most part, uh, the the that, the, that's the,
1: the, awesome. the real the real the real sign that you've gone beyond the bend is if you only have a JD and you call yourself doctor. That is just the ultimate sign. I've seen that. I have seen, seen that too. I have seen that too, and that doctor is just the worst the doctor of laws. No. Yeah. If you if you unless you have a different degree, like if you've got a PhD, I'll let you get away with doctor on a PhD or in and there's a specialized law degree called an SJD which is like a PhD in law which basically no one gets but it does technically exist. If you got an SJD, sure, call yourself doctor. But if all you have is a JD and you call yourself doctor, I don't want to talk to you.
0: I, you do occasionally get it. You, you do occasionally get it. I, I, I'm always amused yeah. by like the Twitter names that put Esquire in there.
1: I don't um, mind the ESQ thing. That's fine. You want right, to okay. use the ESQ. That's fine. You want to call yourself doctor. We've got issues.
0: I, I See the Esquire in the signature block is usually a red flag for me. It's like, okay, this is a person that's going to think very highly of themselves. Now, sometimes that's an advantage. I've talked in this space about doing the old poor country lawyer thing, which generally works pretty well if you're, if you're fighting with the coastals. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, to me, I kind of get it straight out of law school. Like, this is a thing. It took some effort. Uh, I definitely put- was
1: using the ESQ thing uh, straight out of law school. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right. And, and
0: Again, I, I kind of understand it in that context. And I think if I recall correctly, my law firm had it as like the baseline on my signature block. So I actually had to remove it. Um, mm. So I, I, it, I get it. I get it. I just, you know, I, it's not necessary. We don't need to separate ourselves like that. No, um, no, we're
1: definitely we're definitely better than the than the lowers. We're just not uh, doctor territory. We got to we got to remember where we are in the hierarchy.
0: That's the, just the important thing. Do you think an ace attorney type game about trying to get clients to provide required information for <laughs> would still uh, would sell a copy to anyone other than me? Um, I think you could do it as like a puzzle game. Like it was just uh, it was just used as kind of the framework, the shell for what was you know a fire hose of data. Um, you could do a whole, you could do a whole indie game about the the Twitter and Elon Musk fight. Actually, honestly, I'd probably sell. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you put the right kind of, uh, coverage on what amounts to a, a light little puzzle game about controlling, uh, data, uh, I think you could absolutely sell that. But no, I, I've talked about it in this space, uh, but I've been concepting out, um, a card game, uh, to hopefully mm. t- try to teach contract negotiations, uh, or to at least have fun with it. I love uh, it. With, with terms and ranges and things like that. So that's that's
1: that's years away, but that's in process. You should I, talk to Andy, the game maker. Well, I do. I, friend I, I have cha- Mar- friend of the channel. Make sure to check out his game, Crypto Cartel, available for all your game-related needs.
0: I have Mark. I have Andy. I have, like, all sorts of people that have gotten into this space. Uh, my brother happens to be a game designer. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah. No, he's currently working on uh, an unknown project over at Zenimax. Uh, so he won't even tell me. Can you believe that? Brotherly that is bombs. a little rude. He's just, he, he just is following his NDA, his he is a He is a follower. Just,
1: just to say, look, I'm a lawyer. Do you need advice? Give me a dollar, and now you can tell me everything about it <laughs> I because I'm giving you legal advice ratchet. on the NDA. Ah.
0: There you go. We'll do it. There are no. ways around this problem. He won't share it with me. He likes his job too much now. It's kind of yeah. weird. Um, so he, he was working for Activision companies for
1: a long time. Uh, and now he is happier. Excellent. <laughs> well, I'm glad he's happier. As a person who uh, recently left my job, I understand the happiness of le- leaving a job. So, he left both his job and Southern California. And my understanding is he is a
0: much happier person. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, thanks to everybody for for doing super chats. Thanks to Kurt for hanging out. Uh, I've got a couple more minutes here before I have to transition into full lawyer mode and start strapping Esquire to all of my emails. Uh, so let me know if you have anything else. Otherwise, uh, we're going to send you on your way with the notion we have Lawyers and Dragons tomorrow. Uh, from now on until the end of that season, you'll be seeing me six times a week if you're so inclined between Hangouts, Headlines, Lawyers, Dragons, and Bitcasts. Uh, so <laughs> I'm stealing myself for the fall here. Uh, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We have so much cool stuff planned um, for Lawyers and Dragons. Kurt, what are you doing on your channel? What's going on with you? Um, I know you're angling for a Lawyers and Dragons. Well, box. I'm so glad, glad you here. asked.
1: Today today at 3 o'clock Central Time, 4 o'clock Eastern, I will be doing a live stream. Uh, where Today, we're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson, who is a Clemson graduate. Um, I did and a also, video on Deshaun. We're going to do a video about Deshaun, Clemson graduate a member of the Cleveland Browns who recently has been suspended from play for various purient allegations. And so we're going to cover that and review that uh, decision because I thought that might be fun. And we might also, depending on time uh, during the live stream, also talk a little bit about the live LIV lawsuit versus sports day at Kirkland. It is, it is sports day. We're going to be talking about college football. Well, no, in this case, professional football and golf. talking about the live versus pga tour so live is uh, a tour that is run by saudi arabia or uae Uh, it's one of them
0: it's it's by the actual like prince's fund i don't know yeah it's 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 it's
1: it's, it's one of them it's one of them it's the uae or the saudi arabia or something like that anyways they're offering a shit ton of money and there's a bunch of people would like to go play For them, But the PGA doesn't want them to. So the players were assuming the PGA for antitrust violations. So I thought maybe we could cover that. So it is sports day, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. on the East Coast. That is uh, 1 p.m. on the West Coast. And you can do your adjustments for times accordingly. And uh, at 1045 this morning, Eastern Time, there will be a video dropping of some description. So you can look forward to all these things on Uncivil Law. You're on Hangouts
0: for Casual Friday in the morning. You've got a VOD dropping in the morning today, and then you've got a live stream that you're doing in the afternoon? At least, My yeah. God, man. <laughs> All right. Well, Kurt is out and about. Check those things out. Oh, that live case. Man, did I hate that, uh, that judge's uh, answer to the TRO request. Uh, so go enjoy that. That is some fun stuff. Um, the Deshaun Watson. Please do, in your discussion of that, I have a brief conversation about whether the NFLPA is the worst at negotiating contracts and or procedures regarding disciplinary violations. Uh, I, I, I want to hear that from Kurt because uh, it's, as a negotiator, I, I look at the disciplinary process they came up with and I say, oh my God, that is the worst. Uh, so please do check that out. Check out Kurt on his channel. He's got lots of fun stuff. Lawyers and Dragons tomorrow. Otherwise, I don't know that a virtual legality will get out here. I have some other things I have to do today. I do have four hours of Elon Musk versus Twitter on the channel this week. Thank you so much, everybody, for popping in, hanging out with us. Leave likes on your way out. If you lasted this long, I think you liked it. Maybe you were hate watching. I don't know. Either way, hit those buttons, subscribe, go check out on Civil Law. And thank you, everybody. We will see you tomorrow.